This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Anxiety and inspiration. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On today. So Dr. Chloe is here and Dr. Chloe is going to help us with tools. If you know anybody dealing with anxiety or over-functioning or overcompensating, dealing with the stress that we've all been through this last year, Dr. Chloe is here. So hang on. She's got some great ideas. But first, a little inspiration. Isa. Issa Neshawat is a Hudson Valley businessman, and he was woken up in the middle of the night with the reminder that he needed to write a book. It was a vow he made with God. I was asked to talk to him about The Warrior Within Me, the book that finally came together. Issa said he was a Christian in name only, but then his sister got sick with leukemia. Then his son got sick with leukemia. Then his mother also got sick, and they each recovered. And Issa believes that was nothing short of miraculous. The struggle also made him dig deep, find his faith, and find the tools he believes we all need to live a better, fuller, more spiritual life. It's actually because of my son that the world has this book, because I got on my knees and promised God an oath. I was like, Lord, if you give me the healing victory over my son, I promise you one day I will write a book of my testimony. My son recovered miraculously and was back in school in no time. Shortly after my son recovered, I slowly started uh, to write this book. I wrote a couple of chapters and I put it to the side and I got distracted with life and all the things that life throws at you. Six years goes by, I totally forget that I even attempted to write this book. Uh, My mother gets sick with the same disease and she recovers miraculously. And shortly after her healing, her recovery, I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, like electricity jolts my body. I wake up gasping for air. I'm staring into the. I'm trying to wake my wife up in the middle of the night, letting her know like I'm, was something just happened to me. I, I knew I. I knew I had to write this book the minute I woke up. Within five weeks, Casey, the book was born. The crazy part is, every day I would walk down to my office to write this book. I had no idea what I was going to write. The minute I got in front of my computer, I couldn't stop myself from typing. I just, the words wouldn't stop coming out. And this would go on to about two, three in the morning, every day, five weeks later, the warrior within me, the real secret was born. Would you say that God woke you up in the middle of the night to tell you to write the book? And would you say that God sat you down and made your fingers type like crazy? Absolutely. Without a doubt in the world. As a matter of fact, God is the real author of this book because I was never considered an author. I was never considered myself a writer before this. What's the message that God wanted to get out through you? So here's the message. I cover six main talking points in this book. The first is that I expose the truth about fear. Second, I explain how trust engages faith. Third, I display the importance of biblical truth. Fourth, I teach how energy and frequency affect our lives and what happens to us. Fifth, I bring awareness to the fact that we all engage in spiritual warfare every single day, whether we realize it or not. 
And the sixth point is I bring insight on why God chooses to communicate with us mainly through dreams. And the implied seventh point is I display what the power of God can do in anyone's life. I want to jump in and ask you about one of these points, and that's number five. How are people having spiritual warfare every day? Every thought that goes into our mind is inspired by an outside force. And when we act on these things... It engages a certain power in the spiritual realm, whether it's good or bad, and that affects the energy and frequency in our lives and alters our paradigm. What does that mean, alters our paradigm? I don't know what that means. All right, so your paradigm is rooted deep within your subconscious. Your paradigm is... Is, is like the magnetic field that attracts or deflects everything that happens to you in your life, good or bad. And it's the frequency that radiates between you and your thoughts and your emotions, and it all ties together, creating the world that you live in. Isa, what were you doing before you wrote this book? Were you talking about frequencies? No, I was doing real estate. I was <laughs> buying properties. <laughs> Did this surprise you, the words that came out of you? You know, listen, I've unknowingly been preparing to write this book. I mean, I've always looked and searched into frequency and energy, and, and I've read, I mean, I'm an avid reader. I've read tons of books, self-help books, always looked for the, the secret, if you will, and they always left out a certain truth, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they cover all this. If you believe it, you can receive it, and you attract what you think about. But a lot of them, they really leave out the main thing, and it's almost deceptive. And they leave out the God factor, and, and that's where they do a disservice to everyone, because they pull all these biblical truths, and they get all their information from biblical wisdom that's been inscribed for thousands of years, and they spin it, and they remove the God factor out of it, which drove me crazy for the, for the longest of time. This book ties it all in and brings it to life with a real-life story where I, I talk about an underdog story and, okay. and all the things that God did to me. What does God, what kind of relationship does God want us to have with Him, according to, to you and this story? So he, that's it right there. He wants us to have a relationship with Him, right? So a genuine relationship where we're constantly consulting Him, where we're constantly depending on Him, where we, where we try to look for His will in all things, where we, where we trust Him, even when we don't understand what's happening. And this kind of goes back to we walk by faith, not by sight, because a lot of things that took place in my life, it was an illusion, a fake thing that was happening in front of me, and it wasn't real, and and it built nothing but fear for a while, and the minute I was able to look past that and just trust and have faith, shortly after, the moment I went, uh, the moment I got over that hump, the moment I got over that hill, I was able to see the clear picture of the truth, and this is where a lot of people tend to fall, because they they, they get so distracted by, of, by what's happening immediately and directly in front of them, they tend to lose faith instantly, and they get consumed by fear, and they just... People just need to hold on. And the ride gets so turbulent and it gets so crazy right before the breakthrough. That's the point where a lot of people tend to just drop the ball at that point where it gets really hard, really turbulent. And if they just hold on just a little bit longer, they'll get their victory. That's Issa Neshawat. He wrote the book The Warrior Within Me. And I'm betting... Many people are needing that message today. Just hold on. Hold on through the rocky part. Hold on. Something good is coming. So for more information, you can go to thewarriorwithinmebook.com. 
Issa said it's actually going to be a trilogy, so two more books are on the way. And you can learn about how trust engages faith, the truth about fear, the spiritual warfare we're in every day, whether we realize it or not. Issa believes God chooses to communicate in dreams, the importance of knowing a biblical truth, and how frequency levels affect our lives. By the way, it's based on a true story, this book, of course. And one of the spiritual truths Issa talks about is... 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. He who is in you, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Sorry, Sister Catherine Mary. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Oh, I like that very much. TheWarriorWithinMeBook.com. That's Isa. He has a vibrant faith. And you know what this brought to mind for me? A guest that I had on the show years ago that really changed my life, changed my thoughts. He was a pastor from the South. He wrote a book called Sticks and Stones, and his name isn't coming to my mind right now, but I'll find it for you eventually. Anyway, the pastor said, it's not your perfection with God, it's your interaction. It's your interaction. God wants your interaction, not your perfection. Something to think about. All right, you are listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show. If you listen to this as a podcast, please subscribe and rate if you like. We make a new show roundabout every Thursday. It airs on radio roundabout every Sunday, and it goes out into the world as a podcast as well. So thank you for tuning in. And you can always visit kc.co, K-A-C-E-Y.co. Now meet Chloe. Chloe Carmichael, PhD, a licensed clinical psychologist, and she's written a book called Nervous Energy, Harness the Power of Your Anxiety. Are you an overachiever, overanalyzing? Are you experiencing more anxiety than the average person? You might need to schedule a little worry time. Dr. Chloe has some great ideas, simple ways to adjust and thrive through inevitable life changes. Dr. Chloe, now it sounds like you wrote this book for the pandemic, did you? Actually, no, but um, it was timing that I certainly couldn't have predicted, and I was glad that the book became available at a time when I think people do need just free, easy, portable help. Yeah, and I can't wait to get to your nine tools, and I wish I read this 12 months ago when my stress was, my coping to the stress was not uh, appropriate, where I was, instead of doing less, I was doing more, exercising so much my dogs were limping, you know, from me taking them for a walk every day. I wasn't channeling my nervous energy very well. Is this something that you see in your patients? Sure. Well, Casey, I would say, though, please don't be too hard on yourself because what you did at the beginning may have actually even been appropriate for that time, right? Because when all of this first started happening, a lot of us, you know, felt a little panicked and we weren't used to sheltering in place. And so going for lots of walks and kind of knocking yourself out, even with a little bit of you know, what we would now look at as overzealous productivity, at that point in time, it might have been the right thing to do. And even now, you just may have had a shift in what's the right approach now. So please don't be too hard on yourself for the past. Well, thank you. And, And you're right. I literally was trying to knock myself out. I was, there was too much uh, too much energy running through all my circuits. Is that mm-hmm. is that something that a lot of people experience, that, that over-energy feeling? 
Sure. So the nervous energy is what some people call anxiety because Mother Nature does give us a really nice extra zing and boost of adrenaline and even our visual focus uh, often gets better when we're under some anxiety and stress. The trick is to use that extra boost of energy from all that adrenaline and feeling on point and feeling like it's go time and like we're a little restless. The point is to use that energy and point it at something constructive rather than just experiencing it as jitteriness or anxiety. All right. What would that look like, the something constructive? Sure. Well, honestly, the way you did it sounds great. So you said you've got a lot of uh, even kind of a fight or flight energy. So you decided to just go out for a walk and, and hit the pavement and kind of pound it out. That actually sounds like it would be very constructive. And then it sounds like you came to realize that it was leading to just feeling a little depleted. And so you decided to take the edge off and, you know, boost up your recharge skills, which sounds really smart as well. I think you're right on point. <laughs> it was all an accident. It really was. You refer to something in your book as worry time. What, what, when, when is that? When we're all lying in bed at night staring at the ceiling? Exactly. So the funny thing is, though, is that not everybody does that. Uh, not everybody has a brain that will constantly think about the future and concerns about the future. And that's actually a gift, right? So it's a skill. We just have to learn how to shape it. So when we find ourselves getting pinged with, you know, random thoughts like, oh, gee, did I have my roof gutters inspected this you know, year or, you know, just whatever random worries pop into our mind, instead of scolding ourselves for being a worry ward or just worrying about random things, we actually want to thank our brain for having so many things on its radar and just give it a better place to, to deposit those thoughts. So what we do is we create a worry time calendar event. For some people, it's 15 minutes a day. For some people, it's an hour a week, whatever's best. And then you put, whenever you have those random worries popping into your mind, instead of telling yourself not to think about them or promising yourself to remember them later, which just creates more stress either way, you just jot them down into your calendar event. And then it frees your mind in the moment so it doesn't have to keep, you know, work thinking about something where it can't even really focus on it. And then it also gives you another benefit because when worry time rolls around, you really do give those concerns your undivided attention and you can be more effective on them. I like that. I like that because you're not your best when you're lying in bed staring at the ceiling. But if you could schedule this for like, you know, Thursday afternoons at four, when you could put some creativity to your tasks at hand, that sounds like um, good advice. Now, these people with the nervous energy and maybe the overactive minds, are they all uh, high functioning people? Well, in my uh practice, yes. I do specialize in what's called high-functioning people, but the funny thing is a lot of people are surprised to learn that they're high-functioning. So they just think that they're living a normal life, and they don't realize that the ability to, say, set an alarm clock and actually wake up at a certain time and be at your job at a certain time and you know, get dinner together for your family and keep on top of your grocery list and keep up a couple of good relationships even. Those things that many of us just think of as normal life are actually the markers of a high-functioning person. And so our minds, in my experience as a psychologist, we actually respond better to different types of interventions. So you, you mentioned a few times the idea of laying awake at night thinking about things. And that is something a lot of high-functioning people will do because they think about stuff a lot. And another technique 
technique I like in the book for those types of situations is called thought replacement. And a popular thought replacement for people in that, you know, late at night worrying time, once they put the event into their worry time, then they can also just do a thought replacement, which is the most productive thing I can do right now is sleep. And just repeat that. The most productive thing I can do right now is sleep. And that actually helps to quiet all of that other part of your brain that wants to keep thinking about how to be productive to the point where it's counterproductive because you're missing your sleep. I love that. I love thought replacement. This is a good one. You know, we're seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel every day. More and more people posting their selfies that they got their vaccination. But can you share with the people listening some traits or some markers for depression? I think there are a lot of people walking around with like a low grade depression after all we've been through. Mm -hmm. How do we know if it's just, you know, a blue mood or we're just feeling stuck or when it's something we really need to fix? Sure. Well, one of the hallmarks of depression is actually a sense of helplessness. And that's actually why anxiety can often lead to depression. If we do have that nervous energy and we're feeling anxious, but we don't know how to channel it, then we can feel helpless. And so that's another reason why I find that offering yourself some techniques and saying, okay, well, I'm feeling, as you said, kind of blue. I'm feeling stuck. Now, if I go ahead and talk to somebody or read a book and get some ideas, about what I could do about these things that are troubling me. Do I have the willingness to do some things? Do I have the willingness to read a book, to talk to somebody, to try something? And if the answer is yes, then by all means do that, right? Because self-help is the least invasive as well as the cheapest and the easiest time-wise to do. So I would try, you know, seeing if you respond well to some input and some ideas about how to make your situation better. If you can't even get the motivation together to do that, then I would say talk to a professional and see if they can maybe create even smaller steps until you start opening up to get the support. Right. Okay. Give us words, if you can, Dr. Chloe. Somebody is going to make the call today for the very first time to either tell their doctor they need to see a therapist, or maybe they'll call a therapist and say, I have a problem. Start the conversation. What What would Absolutely. they say? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. It's one of my favorite you know, topics. There's even a whole section in the book about how high-functioning people actually have different needs, I believe, when we go to a therapist. A lot of people People go to a therapist and they come away unhappy because the therapist just sits there quietly and keeps asking them how they feel about everything and doesn't actually offer them any, you know, practical tips or homework to try. So to answer your question, when they do call a therapist, I would personally, depending on what the person needs or wants, but if they like the kind of approach that I offer in nervous energy, I guide them in the book to actually to their therapist, um, I'm looking for a therapist that will actually give me homework every week and will follow up with me at the beginning of every session to stimulate me about last week's homework and make sure that I did it and see if I'm on track with it. I think that would keep me focused, dear therapist. Is that something that you do? And if the therapist balks and says, well, it's really your responsibility to, you know, manage what happens in your sessions, et cetera, then I personally would, for myself, and I talk about this in the book, I would say that's not really what I need. Um, you know, some people just need a therapist they can show up to every week and just talk about how their week went. 
But if you're actually looking for someone that's going to emphasize skills and who's going to take ownership of wanting to teach you some skills and make sure that you're learning them and make sure it's fun, I would ask them right off the bat if they give homework and if they follow up at the start of every session. And if you don't get an enthusiastic response, then to me, that would be a red flag. I would also ask the person how many people with my type of issue they treated before and how long it usually takes to resolve the issue. And again, the therapist can certainly kind of, you know, have some wiggle room and say like, well, there's no two people that are exactly alike or the pace of every treatment is different. But if they, they should still be able to be open to the conversation and give you at least some ballpark, like well, I've treated at least a few dozen people and it ranges between six weeks and three months and here's what it depends on. If they can't talk to you straight, then I would call that personally a red flag. Got it. Good advice. Thank you, Dr. Chloe. Where can we go for more about you? NervousEnergyBook.com. Beautiful. And I just clicked follow. I found you on Instagram. Awesome. I do love my Instagram. I'll follow you back. Thank you. Thank you for calling in and uh, call back anytime. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Uh, The month of May is Anxiety Awareness Month, so maybe then. Yeah, absolutely then. Absolutely then. Thank you. Talk to you in May. Okay. Sounds great. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Chloe, and it sounds like she will be back in May. Her book, Nervous Energy, Harness the Power of Your Anxiety. You know, we are seeing light at the end of this pandemic, and that brings with it, too, its own set of anxieties. People concerned about going back into the office or going back into the grocery store, traveling. We're concerned about people who aren't getting vaccines. We're concerned about variants of the virus. Just make sure you're doing something each and every day to take care of you. Take care of you. Okay, I would love for you to join me Sundays at 11. It's a free Zoom call, and you can go to Casey.co for more information. We've been having some wonderful guests lately. We had a silent tea ceremony last week. It was really cool. Talked about all kinds of things. And coming up this week, we're going to do one of the um, exercises that we did at the New Year's weekend retreat. Whether you were on the retreat or not, it's a great exercise. It's called Your Life as a Garden. We're actually going to draw a picture of our world as represented through a garden. Like maybe your kids are the flowers or your job is the tree, things like that. We're going to depict our lives as a garden. And even if you don't join us for the Zoom call on Sunday, I'm going to invite you to do this exercise on your own. Break out the colored pencils or the crayons or just, you know, ballpoint pen on a napkin, which is basically how I did mine. And my garden is still hanging up at home next to my computer. Once you do this, and you look at all that you have been given in your life or all that you have created in your life in this magical garden that is yours and yours alone. Once you see that, something shifts inside. And I would even invite you too to add in the boulders. And the boulders are what I call the things that nobody else sees, but that maybe you carry with you. You know, things that have happened to you in your life. And I know we're supposed to put these down and forget and move forward or whatever. Maybe it's just the shadow of a boulder that's with you. I invite you to put those shadows into your drawing as well. Because what you'll see when you create your garden is there's so much more light than darkness. There's so much more good than bad. So that's the exercise we're going to do this Sunday at 11, a free Zoom call. The Zoom link is at Casey.co. Now, these Sunday at 11 calls will continue only through April. 
only through April. Because in May, we start back up again with the market, and the market's going to be on the river this year in Verplank. And at the market, we're going to have a little bit of a healer's village. There will be drum circles and yoga and things of that nature. So we want you to get out of the house Sundays at 11 and come down to the market if you can. And if you can't, you just stay in touch through a circle of women on Facebook. We share everything there, a circle of women on Facebook. And then we'll get back to the Sunday at 11 Zoom calls in November, first weekend in November, and we'll ride out the winter again together. Cool, right? Very, very excited about this. Hey, all is well at the Lisa Boutique. We're rocking and rolling. Come visit us if you can. Find out more at Casey.co and find out more also at GatheringLove.org. GatheringLove.org. That's the website for the foundation Let It Shine, Inc. By the way, Let It Shine, Inc. is giving a gift to women who are stressed. How would you like a free gift of meditation classes with the one and only practical psychic Priscilla Kerasi? These start up Wednesdays in April meditation classes on Zoom for women who need them. And I do believe that if you can't make the time, it's like a lunchtime Zoom. If you can't make that, you can sign up and then just enjoy the replays. You can find that at gatheringlove.org. Free meditation and hypnosis classes. Priscilla Kerasi sort of puts the two together and helps you program your future. Those are free from Let It Shine because Let It Shine Inc., gathers love and gives it away so there's a little love for you okay time for a thought for the day and it's from socrates and it's about change socrates allegedly said the secret of change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old but on building the new focus all your energy on building the new shine on You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.